This is our second episode of the Wolf Tracks podcast. Brandon Scott, Zach Stortini. Storts, tell me, what have you been up to since the first pod? Uh, it's been a great summer so far here in Sudbury. Uh, the weather is awesome. It's been one of the hottest summers. We've been 30 degrees plus for the last two weeks, so it's been nice to get out on beautiful Ramsey Lake, and, and uh, uh, things are starting to open up again, too, with uh, COVID uh, regulations loosening a little bit, so getting on the ice with a few groups, skating with them, and um, it's been uh, a great summer so far. Yeah, I think I swam more the last two weeks than I did probably like the last three years of my life because that's <laughs> how hot it has been. And you know what? I actually kind of dig it. I, I like Ramsey Lake. I go to Moonlight Beach all the time now. Uh, but, Zach, uh, let's dive right in. Let's talk about the biggest probably sports news out there right now, and that is Patrick Mahomes bringing home the money with that <laughs> 10-year contract with the Kansas City Chiefs of $503 million. That's half a billion. Oh, what's your first thoughts on that? Uh, it's incredible. Uh, it's an unfathomable amount of money for, uh, you know, especially a kid like me from a small town here in Sudbury. And, and I think for most people where, um, you know, obviously it's a, a life-changing contract, a life-changing amount of money, uh, but well-deserved. I mean, he's one of the most talented uh, football players uh, to ever play the game of football. Um, obviously uh, a very well-liked um, and uh, very popular uh, uh, player, uh, incredible arm, incredible quarterback, um, and it's it's great for sports. It's uh, great to see that uh, um, there's that uh, you know uh, economic backing uh, for players that uh, give it their all, and, and there's still that fan support, uh, you know, supporting him. Yeah, one thing that I thought was crazy is that Mahomes' contract is worth more than 12 NHL teams right now. <laughs> is that not like uh, as someone that's been in the NHL? Do you ever like scratch your head at that, or is it just uh, like the NFL is just so big? The NFL is huge, and um, they're always a driving force in the sports market. I know the NHL uh, looks to them quite a bit uh, to see how they do their marketing, and, and uh, they're obviously a very successful um, you know sport in the U.S. Um, you know, and I think that uh, helps every other sport as well. So. Um, you know, you, you look at uh, what everybody's going through right now with uh, COVID and the uncertainty with um, what's going to happen in the sports world. You see something like that, and it it's almost feels like, well, we're going to be okay. You know, things are kind of settling back to normal, and there's still that excitement there where, um, you know, teams, uh, you know, value uh, players of, you know, extraordinary caliber like uh, Mahomes. Uh, now, what would be the first thing you'd buy? <laughs> like i like i've been running through like what would i even do like, <laughs> that's so much money like i like i don't like you'd do you'd probably buy anything at that rate uh i mean that's uh it's an incredible amount of money um you know and and uh yeah i'm with you on that i have no idea you know it's, it's something that's never even crossed my mind i've never had the opportunity to even come close to making that uh kind of money or have that kind of money in your bank account so uh, you know, for, for him, it's, uh, you know, a totally different lifestyle that I'm ever used to seeing. So, uh, I mean, that, uh, that question's beyond me for sure. Yeah. Like, uh, I'll definitely have a big house, uh, some fancy cars <laughs> and, uh, probably, uh, I'll probably throw a big party right off the bat to celebrate that huge. Yeah. I mean, contract. you're always celebrating, uh, with, yeah. with people that help you get there. I mean, that's as much as it is an individual, uh, accomplishment on, on his mm -hmm. part. Uh, you're always grateful for the people that uh, help you uh, accomplish such a feat. And, and uh, I'm sure um, 
you know athletes are um you know you're going to celebrate with your teammates and and he'll be taking care of them and uh you know uh, i know for most hockey players myself included growing up uh, it would be you know your, your parents and your family that are there with you every day and and, and putting in the, the long hours and the dedication driving you at 6 a.m for practices and um you know i'm sure he's uh you know in the same boat you know it's, as much as it is natural talent uh, i'm sure there's a ton of hard work that uh, went into getting him to where he is and uh, a lot of people that made a lot of sacrifices so that he is able to accomplish his dream so uh, you know if he shares it with somebody i mean it makes it all that much more sweeter now with a contract like this you gotta think there's pressure to come along like you have to think that's at least three more Super Bowls. Everybody, <laughs> everybody's uh, everybody's going to want out of him now. Do you notice that with, like, hockey players? Like, you sign a big contract, then it's like, well, I got to perform, or you're just going to get ragdolled throughout the media and, like, fans. I think that's always um, that's always something that athletes go through, and, and that's uh, what's so awesome about sports is there is that pressure, and, uh, you see great athletes that rise to that occasion and, and relish that pressure. I think that's something that makes, uh, you know, athletes so great. You know, when y people are counting on you to make those big plays. Uh, you have that uh, great documentary series on Netflix right now, uh, The Last Dance with uh, the Chicago Bulls. And you look at a guy like Michael Jordan. Yeah, obviously one of the best players to ever play the game of basketball, but... Uh, the pressure that he was under and still performs and still hits those big shots and uh, brings it every day, works hard and, and holds his, some, himself and his teammates accountable. Uh, that's what makes people special. That's what makes people so great. And um, I think if he wasn't able to uh, perform with a, a big contract like that, I, I can't see them offering that. There's certain personalities that are uh, very well equipped for handling that pressure and uh, those high-end athletes, those those guys that are uh, at the top of their game, it, whatever sport that might be, you know, the, the Tiger Woods, you know, uh, uh, you know, obviously Patrick Mahomes now, uh, you know, I talk about Wayne Gretzky and uh, Connor McDavid, all these guys, you know, it's, it's uh, um, you know, guys that uh, are, are so well equipped to handling that pressure. Uh, that they enjoy it, and that's what makes uh, a lot of fun to watch those players. One thing that really stood out to me when I watched The Last Dance is just, like, how big of a competitor Michael Jordan is. I feel like if someone said something to him, he's like, all right, now i got to show him up. <laughs> uh, now, was there any hockey players out there that you've met through your career that had that same kind of drive where it's just like, you know, if you, like, trip them in practice, they're going to get you by the end? Tons, tons. I, I would say, you know, everybody in the NHL is wired that way. Um, you have to be. You have to be in order to, to play at the highest level. There's always uh, players and people trying to take away from what you're trying to do. And um, you look at, uh, um, you know, how players are successful, uh, how they're able to compete and thrive in a, in a competitive environment every day. It's not just game days where, you know, you're going out and you're playing against, you know, the other team's best players. You know, in practice, you're playing against your teammates. You're competing against your teammates, and you're always pushing and striving to be the best and, and, and keep your spot there. Um, you know, so anytime you're, you, you encounter, you know, an, an athlete, you know, they're always, you know, at the top of their game, you know, and, and those guys that are elite, Hall of Fame superstars are even that much more so. And um, it makes it uh, um, pretty incredible to be around people like that, where they are always striving and pushing and, um, 
looking to get better every day, uh, holding themselves to such a high standard. It sometimes seems unrealistic, but when they do meet it, that's the special part. That's the incredible uh, plays that you see come through in games. And, uh, um, you know, that's what makes uh, sports so cool to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, moving through the news feed right now, uh, a big thing that came out was the NHL draft lotto. <laughs> the placeholder selects the, the first overall pick. Now, first thing that popped in your mind when you saw that, what, what was that? Like, I was like, this can't be real. Oh, well, it's, it's a lottery like anything else. I mean, yeah. uh, it's exciting in that you don't know what's going to happen. You know, there's um, a, a lot of emphasis placed on, well, if you finish last, you should have better odds. I'm not a mathematician by any means, so <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot more smart uh, – there's a lot uh, – a lot of people out there that are much smarter than I am uh, that can tell you, uh, um, you know, what the odds are. And, and uh, I look at it from the other side, you know, talking with uh, uh, Corey uh, going through it with me and kind of explaining that, you know, uh, yeah, you might have a 25% chance of winning, but that means you have a 75% chance that you're not going to win. So the odds are you're not going to get that pick. I think it's great for the game of hockey. Um, it forces teams to uh, not tank to get that first overall pick because uh, there's that chance that you might not get that first overall pick. You're better off pushing to make the playoffs, make a run, make money that way. So, um, you know, I think it's exciting for the fans. Um, you know, that, that's the way it turned out this year. It doesn't mean it's going to be like that every year. Um, it'll be uh, interesting coming down the stretch here to see uh, how teams react and, and what happens. But, uh, um, you know, definitely, uh, you know, kind of uh, – funky to see you know not the last place team get get that first pick yeah the, the thing that really like popped in my mind like it was like maybe we have too many teams in the draft lotto now like because uh, i feel like because uh, the teams that are in the playoffs that have that chance for the place older uh pick i i think they're almost like too good uh, outside of maybe like the last two teams that got that kind of made through like montreal or uh, chicago uh, I feel like the other teams, like, uh, they're a little too good. Like, uh, do they really need, like, a Lafreniere or a Quinton Byfield, whereas, like, a team like Detroit, like, it'd, it'd be perfect. That's their, their guy to build around. And said now they have to wait another year. So hopefully they get the next guy, you know? Yeah, I think in the in the spirit of, of sports, usually if your your team doesn't make the playoffs, you should be rewarded with a, a, a higher pick. Um, it is a little strange that if you are a playoff team that, uh, you know, you're getting to pick first overall um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I fully agree with that, but that's what they, they went with, and uh, that's what's happening right now. Yeah, it, it certainly makes exciting, though. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, like it was a good controversy online uh, <laughs> afterwards, uh, uh, whether or not you agreed with it or not. It, it Almost like the teams that are in it now, it's like it's almost not as bad if you don't make pass around Robin now for that, uh, what, what is it, like 12%? Yeah, yeah, that's something I, I hate. You know, there, there should be uh, no incentive to lose early in the playoffs. I, I, that part I disagree with strongly, where um, you shouldn't be rewarded for uh, losing out early in the playoffs when there were teams that finished below you, and the incentive should be to win. Um, so I, that part I don't agree with. You should be trying to win each and every day, get better, improve, and, and uh, that's – the biggest thing in sports is is winning you know and, and that's what makes the game so fun mm -hmm. yeah like i know uh like me being a leafs fan it would break my heart if we lost in the round robin you know like i that's, that's the last thing i want to see i much rather move on in the playoffs 
just just because they're setting, but like, and then you look at a team like Montreal, where this could be a French superstar. Yes, you know that would be a big, that'd be a very marketable player who uh, would also like fans would just love. But at the same time, you know, you got to beat those Penguins. And that's and that's the thing that you don't want to see. You don't want that to be a uh, reward in the back of somebody's mind uh, who has an organization that has such a historic record of being a champion. You know, the Montreal Canadiens all time you know, winning a Stanley Cup champion team, you know, in, in the history of hockey. And, and, you know, you don't want to see that creep in where it's like, well, if we lose, it's okay because we're going to pick up this great player. Um, you know, it, it should be more of, you know, we want to win another cup. That should be the mentality of every team. And uh, that drives the, the passion of the, of the sport. And you see, you know, you talk about, you know, like you as a fan, you know, if, if the Leafs are able to win the Stanley Cup, you would much rather that than them have the first overall pick. So, um, you know, I, I agree with you on that. You know, I, I like to see, you know, champions, competitors uh, being the best that they can be each and every day at their sport, whatever it might be. Uh, like, I know it's a little different this year with every team playing in the hub city, uh, but you've got to think that's almost a little uncomfortable for players on the Canadians right now. Because you, you got to think, like, the fan base might be divided on what they, on what they want right now. Would you uh, – is there any truth to that statement there? It's unconventional. It's unconventional to do it the the way um, it's set up right now with the hub cities for NHL teams. But uh, again, this is unprecedented times, you know, with uh, everything that's going on in, in not just North America, but the world, um, you know, and, and uh, as, as um, you know, the, the game goes, you're always adapting. You're always adapting to what's going on. So for, for players or teams or coaches or whoever it might be, um, this is a set of circumstances that you're dealt and you got to deal with them and you got to be uh, a professional, uh, come, come to the rink or, or uh, the workout facility every day and, and uh, be prepared to, to work hard, do your job and, and, and to win. Yeah, and I know from uh, like looking online and just from talking to people, like how weird is that going to be for a player? With no with no fans in the stands, it's almost like like how much of a scribbage would you would that be for you? <laughs> I mean, that's uh, from the player's perspective. I mean, that's so difficult to to go through. It's so different where you know you're used to playing in front of those big crowds. You you feed off the fans' energy uh, as a home team. You 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 relish you know that fan support behind you when they're cheering and 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 rooting for you. I know uh, here in Sudbury, anytime uh, you know the the Wolves score a goal, there's a big hit or a fight, and you hear the the fans, you know, on their feet and cheering and loud. I mean, it's it's a tremendous atmosphere, and um, you know when you don't have that, it's very difficult. On the other side too, when when you're the visiting team and fans are are booing you and heckling you, you kind of like it, you know, yeah. you don't mind that part, you know. At least there's some involvement, there's some mm -hmm. energy and. And whether you're pushing against, you know, uh, visiting team fans or, or pulling with your home team fans, uh, I mean, there's something special in that, that connection that, you know, uh, players have with the fans where they're, they're all pulling together in that same direction. And when you don't have that atmosphere, um, it's, uh, it's defi definitely difficult. Uh, I know, like, uh, like, when you're getting fans cheering against you, it, you almost see some players really step it up like they kind of like that and the one one thing that sticks out in my mind was a game where the Wolves were in Barry and Quentin Byfield like shushed the crowd after one of his goals <laughs> it, it, for you uh when you're getting like heckled and everybody's yelling at you does that kind of like step your game up a little more than cheering um I think you appreciate uh 
both sides uh, differently. You know, there's there's uh, obviously you, you always like pulling for your your home team fans. I mean, that's uh, that's who you're playing for. You're playing for the people that support you and, and want the best for you every day. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, Quinton is, is quite the competitor, and he's one of those guys that uh, is uh, at the top of the game. You talk about elite players that compete and, and uh, uh, are one of the best in the game for, for his age group, obviously. And, um, you know, he's feeding off that, that crowd involvement. And it, uh, I'm not sure exactly which game you're talking about. Was it the one he had the hat trick in? Was that the. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was the one with the hat trick. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, uh, th that's a great example where, you know, you have uh, a group of people, you know, cheering against this young man and he, him stepping up, rising to the occasion, scoring three incredible goals that wins us the game, you know, and, and uh, uh, that's what people want to see. I mean,. I'm sure even if uh, you know those Barry fans are booing against him, you're cheering against Quinton Byfield. You gotta appreciate that. You gotta respect what that young man is capable of, and um, you know, and and you, you appreciate that that character to rise to the occasion. You know, to push back and not fold under that pressure, and uh, that's what makes sports so special. Yeah, one thing that I always thought it was cool, like being at games, like you would hear, uh, like I would always sit behind the the benches growing up. And, like, there's always, like, one guy that's just yelling at the opposition's <laughs> coach. And, like, I just find it baffling how, like, he just does not, like, hear it. Like, he just ignores it or something. Is Like, you guys have to hear it. Like, on the bench, you definitely have to hear a little bit of the heck. Like, as much as you guys are in the game, like, that still has to be in the, the background, no? It depends. You know, it depends on how loud that uh, – that fan is um a lot of times you're so involved in the game as to what's going on uh there's it's a fast-paced game where you have to be sharp and on your toes and if you're distracted by you know uh, that that outside noise you're not able to do your job and that's part of you know rising to that occasion and being a professional in what you do you're not you're not sidetracked by uh something that would be taken away for what you're supposed to be doing um you know so uh, sometimes you hear it if you want to hear it you know and you feed off of it then that's great you know if that's going to push you to, to be better at what you're doing then you know I, I would say use that you know whether you're a coach or player or, or whatever you might be doing um but uh you know, sometimes, uh, you know, they might not be loud enough. Uh, and the biggest thing is uh, going on that is as long as fans are respectful. That's the biggest thing, you know. So if they're keeping their language clean, um, they're not offensive. And we're talking about uh, professionals, uh, not young kids. So there's a, a huge differentiation between, uh, you know, a professional hockey player who's getting paid uh, to do what he does. Then, you know, the fans are... Are, are able to voice their opinion in a respectful manner. Uh, but for, for kids coming up, you know, uh, you see it all the time in, in the rinks where, you know, you might get some overzealous uh, people um, making it hard on, on kids that aren't able to uh, handle that just yet. Um, so th there's a, a very um, big distinction between the two groups. Mm -hmm. I, I really hate some of the comments online. <laughs> I, like, like, I, like, I, like, I guess I'm not on the ice. I'm not playing, so I couldn't really tell you about whatever they're getting heckled. But like, I, like, like, I, I use the internet like every day. Yes. Right. So like, I, I'll like read and I'll, I'll see like comments that are just like so mean, and I'm like, like, come on, like this is the OHL in a way. Like, I feel like <laughs> you don't have to be so brutal towards these kids. Like, I couldn't imagine what it's like to be a player, and then like, uh, you go to see like some picture posted online, and then like you see comments of people just ripping you that you never met like i just feel like that i think like 
would be a huge stepping stone. Uh, like that, you have to really grow up quick, almost in the OHL. Yeah, you have to have a thick skin. I mean, uh, there's some uh, pretty unsavory people out there, and, and people that uh, uh, might not understand the uh, talent it takes to play at a level like the OHL. Um, so, I mean, there's different ways of, of cheering for your team. Uh, I mean, the biggest thing to me is is to have the respect for the talent that these young men have playing this game. Um, you know, online uh, is. Uh, it's a scary place for it's for a delicate dance yes for sure. <laughs> yeah you know and uh, i i like the fan interaction i, I like that uh, people care enough to go and and cheer their favorite players and and follow up online and, and see what they're doing and, and make respectful comments online but i think there's a huge responsibility uh, not not just in uh, you know hockey but or sports but in the world in general to um not necessarily censor people but just I mean, have some character, have some class, and, and, and understand, you know, what you post out there does affect other people. I mean, um, you know, you do have young men that are, you know, 16 to 20 years old that are doing the best they can. You know, they're going out there, they're working hard each and every day, and, and to, you know, try to, you know, take away from what they're doing in a, in a disrespectful manner uh, is, is unacceptable. Uh, if you want to cheer against them, that's your business. That's fine. No problem with that. If you want to support them, I think that's great as well. So, um, you know, I think a lot of times uh, uh, you got to be very careful and cautious as to, you know, where you're getting your information from and, um, you know, the kind of places that you are looking online for those comments. So uh, we tell our guys to, you know, we try to give them all the information they can and, and make informed decisions that they're not uh, spending too much time reading, uh, let's say, the blogs or the posts that um, aren't for them. You know, it, it, you look at comedians nowadays. I, I, I really enjoy listening to uh, comedians and the way they uh, dance around um, the topics of, you know, freedom of speech uh, to, um, you know, what their jokes are meant for. And it, uh, sports are the exact same way where, you know, what everybody does, you know, in the field of battle, whether, it, whether it's, you know, on the ice, on the field, on the court, whatever it might be, um, it, that might not be for everybody. Um, so it's for a fan base that uh, appreciates the, the, the work that goes into that. So, um, yeah, again, being cautious as to, you know, what's going on online is, is, is always a good thing for, for young people coming up. Yeah, listeners in the podcast right now are just like, wow. <laughs> really get it all you know? better not be listening to this podcast <laughs> anymore it sounds terrible no. <laughs> yeah i mean that's a pretty deep subject yeah, and, it's, and uh it's something that uh you know everybody deals with every day and and it's a part of life you know it's, it's something that is going to be even more prevalent now uh, as technology grows everybody's got a phone everybody's online um so it's it's a skill like anything else and uh, as a coach, it's, it's my job to, uh, you know, help uh, these young men transition into that spotlight and, and uh, you know, balance that social media aspect, you know, with a regular lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, like I said before, it's a delicate dance yes. online. And, yeah, if, as much as a kid, like, support you, uh, like you, there's a bunch of ways to, like, stay connected and whatnot, but there's also, it could bite you at the end, you know, which is a, a tough subject to get in. But uh, I just want to go back to heckling at the games in the the ref you suck chant <laughs> like as a player like especially when it's like you know the crowds behind you 
and like a, you might have you don't like the call the ref made and then you just hear the crowd get into it is that all of a sudden like you're like yeah like <laughs> does that boost you up a little you know what i i love it you know and and for the simple fact because um they're in it with us too and and uh uh, referees, officials, uh, they're human. Uh, they, they make mistakes. It's a tough gig. It, it's so hard. It's so hard doing the job that they're doing uh, simply because, uh, you know, as um, players or coaches, we have uh, the support of, you know, usually the fans are on our side, hopefully, you know. <laughs> uh, and, you know, you have a, a big group. You know, it's a group of 20 of us or whatever it might be. Uh, those guys are out there. They're working hard. Um, you know, a lot of times they don't get the respect that they deserve. But they're a huge part of the game. Uh, I mean, without them, you know, there's no rules. I, I don't think the game would be even close to being as good as what it is with them. Uh, you, you go back to uh, the NFL where they had uh, their official strike uh, a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. And the quality of the game uh, went down considerably. And, and I think, you know, uh, the fans obviously didn't appreciate um, where the quality was at. Uh, they ended up working out a deal, and the officials came back, and it was back to where it should be. And, and I think hockey's no different. You know, you, you see these uh, officials come in, uh, you know, like you said, they get heckled, you know, they get a hard time. Uh, a lot of times uh, as a player, as a coach, you're not able to voice your opinion as to what you think about their calls, <laughs> you yeah. know. But uh, it's nice when you have that fan support when uh, they don't mind telling them uh, exactly what they think of that call. And, um, you know, again, a ton of respect for uh, the officials in our game. Uh, they have a thankless job. Uh, they work extremely hard. You see those guys, they're in the gym training uh, just as much as players are. You know, uh, players come off and take a, uh, a rest uh, at the end of their shift. Those guys are on the ice, always moving. You know, they have to deal with, you know, guys like me, <laughs> <laughs> which couldn't have been easy, yeah. uh, you know. But uh, I, I'm very grateful uh, for the officials that, you know, I've come across, uh, how well they communicate, uh, the, you know, the mutual respect we had for each other and, um, you know, the hard work and dedication that they put in you know, to allow us to play this great game of hockey. Yeah, I definitely could not be a ref. <laughs> no, it's hard. Yeah. Like, it was, it's t and, like, the game just moves so fast. And, like, you could generally not see something, but the crowd will. And then, like, you're just ripped apart. <laughs> you know? Especially in this day and age with sl slow motion replay where, you know, they have, you know, a split second to make that decision with guys flying. You know, you look at those guys in the NHL, how fast they're moving. You know, guys in the OHL, the Subway Wolves, I mean, you see these guys skate around. They're moving. They're flying. You know, the puck's flying around. You know, it's, it's a fast-paced game. Those guys have a split-second decision to make in real time. They can't go back and, and look, you know. You know, they have to make that decision immediately. And, uh, you know, how many times are they right? You know, let's look at that percentage. It's got to be well over, you know, 99.9% .9 of the time, you know. And uh, everybody focuses maybe on that slight human error, which is natural. You know, everybody makes mistakes. I mean, hockey's a game of mistakes. You know, as a player, you're looking to capitalize on an opponent's mistakes. As a coach, you're looking to capitalize on the opponent's mistakes. So you're always uh, looking for that advantage, and they should be allowed that, that same leeway too. But uh, uh, the great thing is, you know, you go back to, you know, the empty stands. You want the fans there because they hold everybody accountable. If you make a bad play as a, a player or a coach, you know, they're, they're booing you. They're heckling <laughs> you. They're holding you accountable. And, and the refs are no different because they are part of the game. So I think that's uh, that's an awesome thing. Yeah. And I know uh, in our first podcast, we touched a lot about your career. But there is one thing that I, I wanted to bring up again because uh, I, I watched a bit of oil change. Okay. Yeah. In like uh, 
playing on a team like that was so young that had like Jordan Everly, Taylor Hall. Hey, what was it like seeing those young guys in their first kind of couple years with the team? It's great to see those young guys come in. They're they're so enthusiastic and passionate and um, great hockey players. Obviously, I mean, uh, all those guys that you mentioned have tremendous NHL careers. Um, so w when you see guys come in that young, um, they're very special players to begin with. Um, you know that uh, you know the sky's the limit for them. They're going to continue to grow, and uh, it's incredible to be able to see them. You know from where they were when they came in to where they are now and mm -hmm. um you know a, a lot of respect for what they're able to do throughout their career well, what was it like to be on that team did, did you feel pressure to finally turn it around in edmonton because uh, they, they've had a couple of bad seasons uh coming in and uh they, they almost had like a bit of life shot in the team with uh with those picks like taylor hall was something special right out of the gate and then uh jordan everly of course he had that big goal in the world juniors like it, do you feel like it was almost like the team, like uh, like the past couple of seasons, weren't that well. But you think that really shot life, though, like just those two players alone. I've been very fortunate to be on uh, an older team when I first came in, where we had uh, a tremendous leadership group uh, in uh, Ethan Morrow, um, Steve Steos. I'm gonna go through the list again. I'm gonna <laughs> leave people. Oh, it's gonna kill me. Sheldon Surrey. I mean, it, just these in, in incredible individuals that uh, have been in the game for a long time, um, that were uh, incredible teammates um, and, and great leaders. Uh, and then that transition into a, a younger team where you have these young young guys coming in and uh, very talented, very skilled, and um, you know looking to develop and grow. And um, it's it's kind of uh, cool to see uh, different um, eras or different um, stepping stones for an organization transitioning from uh, an older veteran team that just lost out in the Stanley Cup finals to Carolina to a, a young rebuilding team to be a part of both uh, to understand that process that that team goes through of rebuilding and growing and uh, staying positive throughout that process I mean that's uh, that's something that uh, is a big part of sports you know you see uh, uh, fans uh, going through that impatient and, and and you know excited for their their team to go through uh, that process and and that's where you see the true fans, you know, when when they you know don't jump on and off the bandwagon, they they stick with their team through those those trying times, and um, you know players developing and growing through that time. It's a it's a lot of fun seeing you know that development that they go through, and um, you know it's uh, it's a cool thing in sports, you know. Mm -hmm. And one thing I thought, what was it like just to have the cameras following the team like up and personal like that? Like you, you kind of have the feeling after like. We mentioned the Jordan doc earlier in this pod and like the oil change. Uh, do you see that coming like more of a trend with teams? I hope so. I mean, it's a great thing for fans to see the behind the scenes of, of what it's like day to day. Um, you know, I, I hate when, you know, you get a lot of uh, news or media that, you know, I'm sure they're going to do it again too with uh, Mahomes. You bring up his half billion dollar contract of, you know, he makes, you know, $30 million for every whatever pass or rush or yard or whatever the stat might be. And um, it doesn't break down like that. You know, the hours and, uh, you know, dedicated um, hours and days and, and weeks, years, you know, yeah. into the game that uh, these athletes put in, um, you know, it, it should be shared. You know, it's uh, the game is, is always more than just the games. And, and fans are hungry for that content. I mean, uh, like you said, you know, go back to that uh, Last Dance documentary. You know, it's, it's so cool to see the behind the scenes of 
what uh, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, uh, um, you know, all these guys are, are, you know, Phil Jackson on the coaching side, uh, uh, you know, uh, Tex Winter, the assistant coach there. I mean, uh, you know, the team had so many controversies. Yeah, and, and, and see how they they deal with it, you know. Yeah. These 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 guys are, are people too, you know. And, and a lot of times, uh, fans, you know, sometimes maybe forget that you know there's those guys are human too, you know. Yeah. So uh, the off ice, you know, trials and tribulations that they go through that uh, um, you, you know you might not see, where you know uh, a lot of times you know these hockey players are coming from all over the world. You guys from Sweden, Finland, U.S., Canada, you know, all these different kinds of uh, cultures and and uh, how they mesh together and. Um, that translates to success on the ice. So you see, you know, a good group that are that are able to, you know, stick together and, and, and enjoy hanging out with each other off the ice. You know, translates into a successful team on the ice. So um, you know, it's it's kind of cool that people are interested in that and and uh, to be able to share, you know, that side of, of, of your life with the fans. So anytime uh, you know cameras are around. Uh, that's part of your job. That's what you get paid for. That's about being a professional, and uh, it might be the extra pressure, um, but that's what you sign up for. Yeah, and uh, you even had it with the Charlotte Checkers too. I, I actually remember watching a video. Uh, you went to the zoo or something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, so that was a, a, a farm. Uh, so a, a friend of mine, uh, Ryan Newman, who is a, a race car driver uh, in the NASCAR series, uh, again, uh, incredible athlete. You know, you talk about uh, split-second decisions. You know, those guys are, are whipping around the track at uh, ungodly speeds, you know, and uh, the dangers that those guys go through of, uh, you know, uh, the risk of death. I mean, there's, uh, there's something that's uh, um, unfathomable in, in most sports that you wouldn't even think about, and, and those guys deal with that uh, every time they, they get behind the wheel and a uh, ton of respect for those guys. And uh, um, he has a charity out there um, where... Uh, you know, he gives back to uh, the animal community. Um, he, he lives on a farm uh, just outside Charlotte uh, and invited us to, to go out. So we, uh, we raise money uh, with the hockey team, um, you know, to, to donate to his charity. Uh, he invited uh, myself, uh, my wife, and, and some of the players and their wives out. And we got a chance to see, uh, you know, some of the animals that he's rescued and, and rehabilitated that, uh, you know, looking to, uh, to re-release. And uh, they got everything from, uh, you know, house pets to uh, wild exotic animals and uh, everything in between. So uh, I'm not sure exactly what they showed on that, but they had the, the big uh, buffalo, uh, you know, feeding them and, and uh, you know, bowl and pumpkins by them for them to eat and things <laughs> like that. And, uh, you know, snakes and birds and, mm -hmm. uh, uh, geez, what else has he got there? He's got, uh, you know, the farm animals too, chickens and cows and goats and all that kind of stuff. And uh, pretty incredible uh, set up and, and um, it's it's cool to see people give back to uh, uh, communities that way whether it be people or animals or anybody in need a uh, ton of respect for that and uh, obviously a big fan of his uh, uh, he had that uh, big wreck uh, uh, a couple months ago and uh, he's doing doing fine now so it's good to see him back on his feet and, and going yeah, maybe we should have him on the pod one day to talk about his animals. That would be cool. That would be awesome. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll bug him about that, you know, yeah. to get on here and, uh, you know, tell some stories. So he's uh, he's got a ton of them, and, uh, uh, you know, he's a pretty cool guy. So it's uh, it'd be great for everybody to see, uh, you know, just how cool of a guy uh, this guy is. Yeah, I could imagine. Like, I imagine you can't hand-feed a buffalo. 
right? Yeah, you can. Yeah. So they have the apples too, and they have like a, a big giant tongue comes out and grabs it, you know. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool to see. So obviously, you're, you know, you're separated by the fence, you know, for safety reasons. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. But, uh, yeah, no, he's uh, he's got quite the setup there, and and uh, everything's done very well. Uh, they have a ton of room to roam. I, I don't know how many acres he said he had, but it's uh, it's quite the, the the facility. Every every animal is is well taken care of and. Uh, treated with uh, a tremendous amount of respect. Hmm. Now, uh, to wrap up this pod, uh, I'm going to ask you uh, about some of the Wolves players and the first thing that pops in your mind when you hear the name. <laughs> okay, yeah. kind of put me on the spot here. Yeah, okay, uh, on the spot, uh, under the gun. Uh, first guy, Liam Ross. Liam Ross. I mean, uh, I can't say enough good things about him. He's a competitor. Uh, I, I love the way he, he competes. He's a smart kid. Uh, both in the game of hockey, very studious, very academic. Um, he's he's one of those guys that uh, you know. I think Wolves fans have seen uh, develop uh, from uh, you know a, a young defenseman coming into a, in, into the league to uh, a guy that you know who's a mainstay back there, who's a, a solid rock, you know, dependable, reliable, uh, tough, mean, you know, and, and just getting meaner and harder to play against. So. Uh, you know, he's a guy that, uh, you know, we're very lucky to have. Yeah, yeah the thing that, for me, like, you, you will talk to him, like, off the ice, and, like, you don't think this guy will hurt fly, <laughs> you know? And then you watch him play, and he will be stepping into guys at the blue line. He, he's he's not afraid to get feisty in front of the net. Like, it's wild how, like, it's almost like a snap of his fingers, and he, he's just a whole new guy on, on the ice. But uh, I guess it, that's a big thing once you get, get in the game. Like, uh, it, it's nice to see, though, but, like, off the ice, you would never expect that from him. At least I don't think I would. And that's a great way to be. I mean, yeah. we, we talk about gentlemen of character off the ice where he's very respectful, very polite, uh, a great member of the community. Um, but uh, when you're on the ice, you're a competitor. He plays within the rules. He's not a dirty player, but he's hard to play against. And that's uh, that's awesome. That's what you want on your team. You know, you, you look for guys like that. And uh, sticking with defense, Emmett Sorensis. Jeez, uh, another awesome guy. You know, you, you talk about a competitor, uh, quite the outdoorsman, uh, maybe one of the best fishermen on the team. Uh, he's uh, a very uh, positive guy. He's a glue guy, brings his teammates together uh, in, in trying times and uh, a great leader. Um, he's a guy that, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of his leadership qualities where, you know, he's, he's always working on his game, trying to get better, battling, competing. Um, you know, he's... Uh, um, you know, a very uh, character guy. Mm -hmm. uh, and the thing about, like, Emmett, like, uh, he, he wasn't even, like, an OHL draft pick. He was a, in that uh, major midget draft. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's definitely probably one of the better players to come out of that draft. I think uh, if you look at the list and how many games played and, like, the role he plays on this team. And, and he's another guy who, who's, like, fantastic person to talk to yeah, around the halls of the Sudbury Arena or something like that. But on the ice, uh, he he's almost like uh, – I, I want to say the dad of the blue line, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know like just like how you mentioned how much of a leader he is, you know, where he, he's definitely the guy uh, like he, he definitely uh, there's a, there's a reason he had an A on his and like a, for a lack of better terms, I think he's like almost like the dad of the blue line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he stands up for his teammates. Uh, all yeah. his teammates uh, have a tremendous amount of respect for him as we do as coaches. And, uh, you know, he, he competes hard every day. And anybody that loves uh, an underdog would love Emmett Sorensis. I mean, he's uh, uh, definitely uh, uh, very underrated as to, to what he's able to bring and uh, uh, a great young man. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, Nolan Hutchinson. <laughs> big Hutch. I mean, uh, there's a guy. I, I love the way he plays. Uh, he's a big man. He can skate. He's fast. Good hands. Uh, obviously, everybody's seen him score a ton of goals. Uh, you know, I, I, I like uh, his presence around the net. Tough. I mean, that guy's nails as well. You see him throw, uh, you know, the big lefts and uh, a couple great fights. Uh, very quiet, very soft-spoken uh, uh, off the ice. Uh, again, another gentleman of character like all these guys are. And, um, you know, he's uh, he's one of those guys that y you want on your team and you don't really want to play against. I mean, that's a huge compliment for him. Yeah, he would be a guy uh, that I would love to have on this podcast uh, back when the season gets. I find him hilarious. Yes, I like uh, like I do a lot of video shooting for the team, and like I don't think there's ever been a time where I wasn't laughing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like he's just a like uh, he, like he's soft spoken, like you said, but I just find him hilarious. Like he just uh, the way he could just make jokes on the fly. I, I think you'd be a real good guest for this podcast in the future. That's great, and that's what you're you're looking for to, to be able to share that other side of uh, these guys' personalities. They're 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 uh, human beings too. A lot of times, everybody uh, separates them into just hockey players, but the the off ice side is is uh, pretty incredible to see the different personalities these young men have. And uh, you know, like you said, you appreciate uh, Nolan's uh, humor, you know, and 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 how uh, comical he can be. And um, you know, that's uh, uh, such a huge part in building a team where you need guys like that you need to have those glue guys that you know keep things light when you know times get tough and and uh, to know when that time is 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 uh, something that's I don't know if it's a I can't say it's a learned skill it's either you have it or you don't you know and um, you know he definitely has it where um, he knows the right times to, to keep things light and, and and to get guys back on track yeah and uh, last guy not on the team but in the Ontario Hockey League Shane Wright on the Kingston Frontenacs. <laughs> well, what, what's your thir first thoughts on I, this guy? I don't know him personally, so I can't speak to you know the off-ice side, but uh, obviously on the ice, something very special. And that uh, young man comes in, uh, you know, as a uh, is a double underager, uh, yeah, or he triple underager, exceptional status, status yeah. you know. So uh, anytime a, a player comes in uh, at that young age, you, you know they're a, a special hockey player. Uh, you know, playing against. Uh, uh, him this year you see uh, the, the talent level that he has uh, doing the pre-scouts uh, you know against uh, uh, the France there and seeing uh, you know what he's able to do and then uh, obviously uh, making sure that uh, uh, you know we're doing the right things uh, in order to be successful uh, when, when playing against a player of that caliber. Yeah, I still get baffled about, like, how young he is and, like, how many points he got. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa. Like, I know, like, Quinton's first year, uh, he, he got uh, 30 goals and he got 60 points. It, uh, of course, I'm rounding these numbers. Yeah. Uh, but, like, Shane Wright did, like, the same thing. Like, I'm pretty sure he got, like, 65 points. <laughs> and, like, and he's just so young. I'm like, I couldn't imagine, like, being that young and, like, being able to perform like this. I'm lucky if I put my shoes on the right <laughs> foot, age, you know. Yeah, that's going back to um, you know players that are, are very special uh, in what they're able to do, and and those elite players, you know, they have that pressure of being so young, being taken so high, having that exceptional player status, and and still performing, you know. And um, obviously, uh, he's able to do that and, and be successful, and uh, that's what makes him such a special player. But the one thing that he has yet to do. Score a goal in the Sudbury Arena. So <laughs> that's a high and hopefully five we can you. keep it that yeah, way. That's, that's a high five for all of us here. <laughs> yeah, which uh, was great, but I, I think we're almost 
done with this podcast okay sounds good i mean uh, another great job it's always a pleasure uh you know talking with you uh, mm-hmm. every time on this yeah and don't forget wash your hands yes COVID's that's right. still there everybody yes. wash their hands yes thank you for listening in thank you guys <laughs>